Hi, my name is Yvette Copper-Smith. I'm a Melbourne-based painter and teacher, and I graduated from VCA in 2001. And for the first few years, I worked in portraiture mainly and, um, you know, and figurative work. And it was a photorealist style that I was, you know, really trying to hone. And the last few years, I've really moved out of that um, uh, slick surface to have much more interest in mark making, but I've also expanded my sort of not just style, but also subject matter. So um, I'm a lot more confident in abstraction, which I think if you had have told me a few years back that I'd be exhibiting totally abstract work, I would have just thought it was amusing. Having said that, I also had a sense that you can never predict how your practice is going to evolve. Um, and so, yeah, that it sort of, yeah, just one sort of step leads to another. Some of the things that I think as a young artist that I would have loved to sort of hear are, um, are that, you know, it's great to diversify your skills. Don't put yourself in a box of this is this is all I do. Um, aside from pushing myself into new terrain with painting, I also found that there were some opportunities that sort of came up that I hadn't envisaged. So I didn't think, I never really thought that I would do teaching. Like it wasn't something I was going to pursue. However, when I was invited to run some workshops, I thought, you know what, once I've done it once, then I have experience and I can do more of this sort of work. And I put time into researching how I was going to teach um, and break down, you know, my painting process and look at how other people have taught the process as well. Um, so one of the things I'm doing now that sort of is a fun uh, project which came up as well was by invitation I'm doing art direction on a community play and that actually ha it incorporates all the things I'm interested in costume design makeup design set design poster design and it brings all those creative skills but brings it into another visual um, realm so I don't know if that'll lead anywhere but it's just really nice to you know think in a different way from being um, a two-dimensional painter. Aside from exhibitions, I also do commissions. And I started, I think I did my first portrait commission in 2000 when I was still at uni. And I do them for both private uh, collections and and um, institutions like you know, uh, universities and things like that. So the the tricky thing with commissions is that you, you kind of need to factor in that they do take longer to work on. Um, for me, the painting itself is really labor intensive, but then you also have to factor in um, all the communication and the sittings and the meetings that are involved. And pricing it is hard because it's not like you're going to pick up a price list in a gallery for commissions. All those quotations are um, really done in a private email exchange between the client and the gallery or or the artist so you really need to speak to other artists that are doing similar work and maybe get some advice from a gallery that you're connected with speaking of commercial galleries always have a contract with every new relationship even if it is just one group show um, it's great to have all the details in writing things like are they going to cover who's covering the courier you know there and back and usually that sort of split you'll do one each way what the commission is, if the work doesn't sell, you know, how long are they going to hold on to it after the show? And if you do want to sign with the commercial gallery to represent you, then get the contract, have a lawyer check over it, see if there are any clauses that you think are missing and you want to add in. 
I recommend including an exit clause. It just makes it really clear what both parties need to do, what steps um, in in order to terminate the contract. Um, sometimes you, I have had like a lot of really great interactions with collectors personally, where you build a rapport and an understand, and they really want to understand your work. Occasionally, you get one that's a time waster, and they're more interested in. Um, the experience of getting to know you as an artist and really wanting your energy rather than wanting your work. And uh, just be, just really trust your gut about people and, you know, just put your, just have boundaries in place. So um, moving on, jealousy. Uh, I don't feel jealousy is really productive in our industry because we really need to form supportive connections. So instead, like I think it would be better to look at an artist's success as an example of what is possible. Or it could be a sign that maybe that's something that you truly want, but then also look at how much work has that person put into um, achieving that goal and is that the sort of lifestyle that you're prepared to live with? Does it fit with your overall priorities? And art is a really long career. So people have their lows and their peaks at really different times. It's not helpful to continually compare yourself um, because those lows and peaks will pass. Find artists that you feel rapport and trust. So it's really wonderful to have an inner circle of um, supportive artists that you feel that you can each um, show each other your work in its developmental stage, like in its infancy. It's a very sort of delicate stage. It's like, it's kind of like when you're, um, you know, you wouldn't necessarily put an ultrasound of your baby on Instagram. You just show the people that are close to you. And you want, you want to um, have people that can give you honest feedback, but also be really gentle. The other thing is it is really valuable to have people who look at your work, not necessarily arts professionals. And I have friends like this who, you know, apologize for not being an arts professional as if that, you know, maybe it doesn't qualify their opinion. But the thing is, the most of the audience, the viewer that is going to see your work are not arts professionals. So it's fantastic to get resp uh, feedback from all sorts of people. Um, the, thing, the thing about being an artist is you've probably made your main hobby your work. So it's great to have other hobbies that um, give you time out and relaxation and a fun um, that don't have the same professional pressures. Um, as an artist, really, it comes down to you as, you know, making the decision, is the work finished um, and ready to leave the studio? A trick that I use is I hang the work in the lounge room for a few days. And if I enjoy looking at it and nothing catches my eye that's irritating it, then it's ready. Otherwise, it's back to the studio. Um, when there's a show deadline coming up and it's really stressful, I sometimes start doubting, can I finish this work? Am I going to be happy with it in you know, and in the time that's available? But the more that you do those um, those time frames, the more you actually just can have faith in yourself to uh, meet that time frame. Um, it's actually really important to learn and develop your boundaries with people so that you create um, a healthy group of people, a supportive group of people around you in your both your personal and professional relationships and just try and let go of people that drain your energy and your time. Don't let other people's opinions define your sense of self. 
and also don't even let your own limiting opinions of yourself define who you who you feel you are. If you've had a negative experience in the past, whether it's personally or professionally, just know that like that that's kind of the past and that's dead. This current moment is like a whole new opportunity to create how you want it to be. And I found, um, I have found that that realization is the freedom and it's so liberating to be able to then um, start the, it sort of starts the process of reinvention of who you are and what your practice can be. Strive for life balance. So getting enough sleep, good diet, exercise, time with friends and family, but also know that it's going to be really inconsistent when work takes over and you've got a show coming up. So that ability to narrow your focus and say no to things socially um, and other people's expectations of what you should do um, is really important. And that's sort of the difference with what separates you between how most people live and what it takes to be a specialist in anything. Outsource as much as you can afford because your time and energy needs to be directed into things that no one else can do. And this is a lesson I'm still learning. I mean, if you're going to spend half the day or half the weekend procrastinating to clean the house and then you clean the house and you don't enjoy it and then you have to recover from cleaning the house, it's probably worth paying someone to do it. Um, I think, yeah, that's a that's all I can sort of think of at this point. It's been great listening to all the podcasts um, from other artists and I hope that's helpful in some way.